What up, what it do, and what's good, people? Over the past few months, we are looking at an economical downfall. And the words that come to my mind are the Great Depression. Thank you, Stevie. The Great Depression was a severe worldwide economic depression that took place in mostly during the 1930s, beginning in the United States. The timing of the Great Depression varied across the world, but in most countries, it started in about 1929 and lasted into the late 1930s. Depression. Depression. Social and psychological impact. But we'll get more into that as this topic can go on for years and years and years. And yes, if you know me, it will. If you don't know, you have tuned into another exciting episode of Talk to Talk with Mo Orr. We have so much to talk about, so many topics to get to. So before we get started, this will be the perfect time to tell everyone and anyone that is not watching or listening to this show to go watch my damn podcast. No, you heard me. Don't look at me that way. Look, we have a great one lined up for you today and some important guests waiting in the wings and anxious to get started. But first, this podcast is brought to you by The Jerky Zone. When you're looking for that high-protein pack snack to get you back on track, Kenny says the next stop is the Jerky Zone. And Intro Wheels, where custom rims make your classic cars come to life. And lastly, Advantage Capital Management, where the plus in the logo signifies above and beyond commitment to adding value to investments by providing A-plus impact to the world we touch. You could also watch this podcast on our app at www.thsn.today. Watch, submit, and share. Download the app. Oh yeah, you know, if you're listening and you want to listen to this podcast, you can go on all of our podcast platforms, Apple, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Breaker, and Spotify. The mind or the money. Now let's get to it. Today's topic is the Great Depression. Mm. (laughs) Kind of makes sense, right? My first guest is the program director for the 417 Recovery for Adolescent Outpatient Treatment Center in Palm Desert, California. Please welcome back to the show, Stevie Kuhn. And of course, finally, the clinical director from the Palm Desert uh, Center location, Matt Misaraka. Come on, Matt, did I get that right? You did beautiful, you did beautiful. Yes, I am getting so much better with these names there, Tony. (laughs) Hey, please welcome my friends to talk to the talk, uh, to talk to talk. Also, uh, I got a sore thumb that tends to sit. Sometimes you, if you ever had like a pain and you had the option of cutting it off or keeping it, I would probably keep it. Also here with us today is the CTO of the High School Narrative, Tony Rosignal. What's going on, Tony? Tony, I just want to, Mo, I just want to let you know that program you're doing with Hooked on Phonics, it's really, (laughs) it's really working good. (laughs) And I've only got through a quarter of the first episode there, Tony. (laughs) What's going on out there in Palm Desert? It is hot. Smoking hot, man. Smoking hot. 
Tell me the difference, there, Stevie. It was a, uh, I think it was like, was it like ninety something yesterday over the weekend? Oh, I don't know. It was probably in the nineties. Yeah. See, here's what you notice, Tony, is when you're always in the heat, you never know what it. I don't know what temperature it was. It was just, it was just <laughs> hot. <laughs> but I mean, I think we have uh, today. It's going to be over a hundred. And yesterday, I was having a conversation, and everyone was worried on the exact number of the heat. And I said, "Listen, anything above a hundred is just hot. It doesn't yeah, matter exactly. if it's one ten. It doesn't matter if it's one twelve. Anything at that level is just crazy hot. So stay inside." Be in the pool, lots of sunscreen, find some shade, we're good. I don't know if you're gonna find too much shade, Matt. We were talking yeah. before you got on the call and Stevie said that she was uh, in the pool for six hours the other Six hours. Six hours. Makes sense. I think you had to turn into a raisin or something. <laughs> no, I'll tell you, about six hours when somebody hits you with a squirt gun, it starts to sting your skin <laughs> because you're so sunburnt. That's when it's time to get out. Uh, Matt, so I saw a picture of you before uh, before you uh, came on and you look nothing like the picture. Is this, well, like, is this a new dating app? What, what we got going on here? <laughs> <laughs> You're talking about the heat, so I lose all the hair in the summer because of the heat. That's kind of my thing. I, I totally get it. I totally get it. That's why I'm, that's why I'm bald. Save but, uh, money on haircuts all winter? And then just get one good one in the summer. I got this all worked out. That's good. Good job. I think that's a good job. Look, let me first say that we have partnered up with 417 Recovery with the hopes of reaching adolescents and teens all over the world to be able to help them and their families with everything from addiction, recovery, anxiety, depression. And I don't think I'm missing anything. Only thing that we're missing today is Scott from the Mission Viejo location. So. They offer comprehensive, clinically-based treatment for adolescents and their families who are struggling. Listen, we've had some some great shows, Matt. Thank you for coming on to the show. We really appreciate it. I know that you have a, probably a lot going on. Um, kind of talk to us about what you what you do and your involvement with uh, 417 Recovery. Well, um, I've been uh, with 417 now going on two years, and... Uh, Stevie was kind enough to bring me over and um, gave me pretty much the option to create um, a program within their program. And uh, so we have um, created a program that we deal with the adolescent um, in, in meeting the adolescent where they're at and with the issues they bring to the table but the part that I really like and that I think we do so well is we involve the whole family and that's the piece that I think a lot of people miss in treating adolescents is, is getting the family involved and that's kind of turned into uh, the part that touches my heart and that I like doing is uh, I get to work with the parents and the kids and, and, and get in there and uh and get to you know what's going on underneath uh, the presenting problem. Uh, so well, my child's I, I depressed, and my child's anxious, and then okay, well, where are we? Where's that coming from? So. Yeah, I, I think that's awesome. I think one thing that I've learned um, from partner with Four Seventeen is that uh, the families are are going through uh, treatment as well because 
although the kid may have depression or anxiety or um, some type of addiction, um, the family also is also going through those same issues, um, but differently. So uh, understanding that the group therapy and stuff like that is, is really cool and a really good way to uh, kind of get the family involved. Um, what, are, what, are, what, what are some of the biggest challenges you see when it comes to um, the parents um, in the beginning uh, phases kind of jumping into it and, and staying focused on uh, the problems at hand? Um, I think that, you know, it depends on the family, but a lot of times, you know, families will come in and they'll want to present well. And the problem with presenting well is it takes time to, you know, get to where the problem actually lies. And usually by the third or fourth session, we can get to, you know, what's really going on. And, uh, and so, you know, getting them past that uh, defense mechanism that we all have and, and uh, the ability to open up. Sometimes families have been through so much that by the time they get to us, the parents are just like, here it all is, boom, in the first session. And, and that's actually very helpful. It's so funny. We had a, we had a parent uh, on uh, last week, and one of the things that she said in the beginning was, is that uh, she looked and judged people. This is their, you know, in the beginning sessions, and was like, ooh, man, as they're going around the room, Man, my problem's not that bad. Mm. No, my problem's not that bad. That's pretty interesting. And it was it was so eye-opening because you would never think that other parents that are in this same situation are judging the problems of some other parents' kids. So yeah. that could be something that kind of stops them from um in the beginning from being receptive. Do would you agree? Yeah, um, I, I think until until you know with with that particular parent, um, I think a level of, of uh, defense mechanisms and and dropping in and dropping in and by the third or fourth session, they're the one that's like, oh well, maybe I'm not so. You know, it it just takes a few of them some time to get to that place. Yeah, that's that's kind of uh, it was kind of eye opening uh, to me. So you talked about a workshop that you that you put together um, at 417. Can you kind of talk to us about the uh, workshop? Um, well, what I've created, this is actually separate from the 4117 program, but everybody at 4117 okay. is actually invited to come in. And, and so uh, I've created basically a workshop where people can work on grief, loss, trauma, addiction. Uh, we call it Gervana Workshops. It's an experiential uh, weekend and uh, also known as an intensive and people can come and work through um, issues that are probably would take a year in in uh, in weekly once a week therapy they can do a lot of it in the weekend and uh, it's kind of designed to um, help people to maybe say break the boulders then go back to their therapist or back to 417 and work on the little rocks so it's it's outside of so that's a secondary practice or something that you that you do yeah that's uh Gervana is part of my private practice uh i work with stevie and i also have an office uh, within a mile of 417 and 
I do a lot of running. You'll see my little uh, car go back and forth between the two places. So how far? How far apart are they? Half a mile, thank God. <laughs> They're close. Hey, and and, and out there because I know they do a lot of golfing in, in, in Palm Desert. I think you should get you a golf cart. You know, it's not a bad idea. I was thinking of a, a scooter or a golf cart, but my daughter's afraid I'll look like a, a bear riding a scooter uh, <laughs> when my hair all grows up. <laughs> <laughs> so, Stevie, uh, kind of talk to us about the uh, the role that Matt plays uh, and uh, how effective uh, the things that he do, uh, does um, kind of helps people that's going through the program at 417. Right. Well, Matt came to us. Um, I've known Matt for quite some time and he's, you know, been one of my favorite guys forever. And just so happens we were in a, a situation where we're looking for someone to kind of fill that clinical director spot. And I had had my sights set on him for quite some time. He has so much experience and I love the work that he does. Um, and he's just such a cool guy that um, bringing him in here, you know, with all of that experience and the way that he um, is very free flowing and open with the associates in which he, you know, um, supervises was kind of a, a perfect fit. And so Matt, you know, he comes to us with a lot of experience and, you know, his responsibilities are to oversee two of our associates, supervise them guide them, help them through any hiccups that they have, um, challenges. And fortunately for us, we have a really solid team of um, therapists who, you know, sometimes you come across some things that you've not seen before and, you know, go back to a few podcasts ago when we had a, a special family come to us and there was a lot to unpack there. And Matt, having all of the experience that he does, he really, you know, is a boots to the ground kind of guy, dives in and, and really helps from a team approach. And that's one of the things that, you know, for, for me is, um, is very vital because we're dealing with so many different layers and so many different things that are going on in, in today's world that having you know him and his experience to really be able and the knowledge really to you know look and assess and kind of help guide our clinicians and advise um it just gives us a really solid foundation and we're super proud of it that's awesome uh matt have you seen you know with the with the, the pandemic and you know the things that we're going through right now and people being isolated and uh, being at home have you seen it um anything with the um, people that you're helping is it harder do you think it's harder on them because a lot of stuff is not in person um, how do you think it's kind of affecting some of your clients right now well I have seen yeah definitely I have seen a lot of uh, depression anxiety stress worry um, and you know, the first thing I will say is, is that we really got together as a team <clears throat> and it was very interesting. Um, at that moment, uh, we were at a place where Alyssa, which is one of our uh, main therapists and myself had 
uh, the bulk of the caseload, which I think was helpful. And uh, so we kind of really easily transferred the, the meeting in person of the groups, of the individuals, of the family sessions over to the Zoom uh, format. And then, you know, virtually for a while, Alyssa and I were the, the, the main contacts with everybody. And I was very worried about that because we've now eliminated all of the staff that's helping and, and right. doing all these moving parts and and then the camaraderie and the coming together of the kids. And, but I really think um, as we went along, uh, our fears sort of subsided and it worked and it is working. However, um, now we're in our third month and I see, uh, I see the kids getting weary. They've been in the house now for three months. I see depression going up. I see parents um, worried and, and worry. And, uh, now we've had some new clients come in, um, which has been very good. And then the other therapists have come up and now, uh, it's almost to where is they're starting to take the caseload, which for Alyssa and I has been kind of a blessing, I think. Um, and we're seeing actual graduations and kids completing the program, meeting treatment goals, families meeting treatment goals and ready to graduate. And we've been very slow to, uh, you know, uh, keep an eye on things, make sure that what we're seeing is, is really what we're seeing. And uh, and so far, so good. I think we've done uh, very good work under the circumstances. That said, I surely hope that we are going to be able to open here pretty soon and get back on the road <laughs> and get back to live interactions soon. Uh, that would be my hope. Don't you think? Because that 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 in person interaction is so critical in to building relationships. Because, and and that's my personal opinion. And uh, I looked up the word depression is a mood disorder that causes a persistent feeling of sadness and loss of interest, also called uh, major depressive disorder or clinical depression. And I, I know that it, it affects how people feels and thinks and behaves. And that could lead to a variety of other emotional and physical um, problems. So, because I would think when they're in person, even after the session, that they're able to sit or stand and take another couple minutes and, and kind of talk to other people that are also going through the program outside of the, the therapist. So now being at home, it's literally however long the session is, then they're done and they're still in their same setting. Um, do you feel like that causes or can cause a, a problem or an issue? Um, I wouldn't say a problem or issue, just a deficit. There's something missing. It's yeah. a piece that's missing. And, you know, I do. Um, so one of the things TV let me come in and they have uh, what we call multifamily, where all the families get together and 417 uh, offers support for, for the family members and the client. And so the first thing we do on that night is we split them. And so the kids go with the therapist and I take the parent. At first that group was a lecture group and uh, 
and I just wasn't feeling it. So I, I opened the group up to be support and camaraderie and feedback, and it turned into exactly what that group needed. And the parents <clears throat> will learn something. They'll share what's working, what's not working. They'll talk back and forth and, and give each other tips and feedbacks. And, and oftentimes, you know, I'll have a, a teacher in that group that knows more about what's available as resources to a family than I do, or 417. And so that piece is still happening. And I really feel like that Zoom group has worked. They're a little quicker. You know, we get through it a little quicker. Yeah. Um, and I think some of that is just they're, they're not, you know, uh, personally there, uh, feeling that energy. Um, the family groups that I do, so I do family sessions, and I, I've been doing those on Zoom. Those have been going great. Um, you know, I get to sit in their living room, and some of them will... That one family, she can't get home till six o'clock on Friday night, so they're usually having a piece of pizza and a coke, and you know we're having a session, and it, it works great. And I'm in their living room with them, and it, it's just you know I'm one of the family for an hour in ninety minutes, whatever you know, say however long the session lasts. And, um, <laughs> so it's just it's just kind of it's different, it's unique. Well, just so you know, just like me and Tony, I can tell you that it's it's early in the morning and I'm only dressed from the waist up today. Tony? <laughs> um, Matt and Steve, you have a question. Do you think that based on the pandemic, based on your vision, that doing away with meetings and intervention programs, aren't they truly, as we look at this, aren't they truly essential now that we look where we are? Because we... I think when I, everything I read and everything I watch and everything I listen to looks like we have taken a huge step backwards to all these people who are been in prevention groups that are literally falling backwards because their infrastructures are gone. Uh, can you guys speak to that? I, I, I personally believe we missed the boat on this thing and it was one of those unknown, unknown things. We didn't even know to think about that kind of stuff. I think, yeah, you know. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, to a degree, I, I would say in the beginning of this, like one of the most powerful things about, you know, um, 417 is the unity the kids feel when they're here um, and the feelings of not being alone and, and that energy in itself. And, you know, some other support groups and things like that, um, you know, very much the same. But I think in some respects, um, I feel, and this is just my opinion, Matt might agree or, or have a different sort of view, but I feel like, you know, there's, there's a certain amount of support that's happening. And because we're not in person and doing it sort of this way, it's not as prevalent, but it is still there. And so I don't think that the support groups are necessarily going away. It's just that you're not physically entering into a room of individuals and having that energy and going from A to B. You're just in A and your your B is sort of being brought to you in some respects or you're going to it, but like not physically. So, I mean, it's different, but you still can get a certain level of support. Um, you know, and I just want to say like, 
not having the teens in the office, certainly there's an emptiness for sure and, 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 and a void, but they are still getting a fair amount of support. And in fact, they're getting more support because it's more readily available and it's not in a structured time. So at right. 10 o'clock in the morning, someone could be having a meltdown or an issue and they can readily, you know, easily reach out to their therapist as opposed to waiting till 4 p.m. or 5 p.m. So it opens it up for a little bit more flexibility, but it's just a little different type of support, I think. Matt? I have to say what I've noticed, and I've been working with a bunch of folks now, is there is a certain amount of people <laughs> that this is just like, you know, they're, they're in the pocket, they're doing the session, they could care less if they're talking to me on the phone, Zoom, FaceTime, they're getting what they need. And there is a certain amount of people that absolutely cannot do the Zoom. And I'm noticing that individually, I think people have the ability to overcome it. Um, couple sessions have been able to overcome it. It's the groups that hurt. Uh, there's something about sitting in a circle and a group uh, being together that is working but there's a section that's not working for some people and some people just can't do it and i don't i haven't been able to figure out how to help them with that they can't get past you know that i'm in my room and i'm at home and i'm not there and you know and i've actually had people drop out of a couple of my groups because of that i personally don't get it but and then uh the whole 12-step thing is is really an interesting uh, part, too, because a lot of our kids will ask to go to 12-step meeting. Well, it's never been easier to go to 12-step meeting now. Right. It's like, just get the punch in these nine numbers, and you're there. And so there's a piece of that that's been made easy for them and I'm having a hard time getting them to punch in the nine numbers and do it so I, I just don't know it's a it's an interesting thing we're, we're seeing that's a great question though I think so Tony said he said some steps back right but if you really think about it man this pandemic has made people think outside the box right and have to redesign uh, how they do things could you guys take some learnings from this and say, I don't know how many, how often they, they, they come to a session, say for instance, it's three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Monday could be in person, Wednesday could be virtual, and then Friday could be, I mean, and that's talking about when you guys come back. Have you thought about that? So that if something, say for instance, there's a second wave and this happens again. Right, I mean. Prepared, right? Those are a lot of things that we're considering right now. And I know that Scott and I've talked a little bit about it. Um, I think for us, I'm, I personally am looking to start to softly open. And I think a lot of the, there's a lot to be considered. I was talking uh, um, to a family yesterday um, and 
you know, I think it, it, a lot of it comes down to safety, first and foremost, comfort. We, what we've established is, as you've said, like, yes, this pandemic has forced a lot of us to think outside the box. And we've done that. We, you know, we've developed a platform that works here virtually. Um, and when I say it works, is it optimal? Probably not. I mean, do we all miss having the teens in the office and getting to see one another and the banter and just having that family closeness feel 100%. Yeah. But what we're doing right now is still providing a service and support for much needed, um, you know, community. Now for us, you know, reintegrating people back into this office, again, comes back to, you know, um, guidelines, what we can do to operate within those guidelines to ensure everybody's safety and make sure that we're still providing a certain level of care. You know, that might look something like having the kids come in, depending on how many kids we have um, at one time, having them all in the office, but in separate rooms for social distancing. Um, I can assure you that having a multifamily group or um, both the parents and teens here at one time is not feasible at this time based on the social distancing and some of the requirements, it's just not possible. So that may still have to be done virtual, but we are looking at a, a, a lot of different ways to you know, figure out how to bring it back slowly. But what there is comfort in knowing that what we're doing would work, will work if there is a second wave. And again, is it optimal? No, it's not. But it's thinking outside the box, figuring out how to make it work because we are probably going to see another wave and it's just a matter of time. Um, so we're, we're fortunate in the respect that I have someone like Matt and, you know, um, a lot of my staff were very transparent and like this is working this isn't working we'll try this try that there we're constantly figuring out you know for a, a small amount of time this might be working but as matt stated you know they start to falter a little bit so we've got to make some adjustments and be fluid with what we're dealing with in these current times yeah well, the other go ahead go, go ahead, ahead Matt. Well, the other piece I want to add is, is cause, so I'm, I'm. You asked if I'm, if we're thinking about it. It's, it's basically uh, on my mind a good portion of the day. I'm feeling a little pressure uh, in some uh, small areas from people who want to get back to the group uh, in my office. You know, uh, so the CDC has guidelines, the state has guidelines, and uh, the reopening, and so I have to find masks. I have to find hand sanitizer. I have to find Lysol. Then half of my office is fabric and there's no disinfecting that when someone gets out of that chair. So now I have to replace all of my furniture with vinyl or leather, which is going to be vinyl, trust me. Yeah. <laughs> 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 or, or grandma's plastic couch cover, if I could even find that, you know. Nowhere plastic. I have to in the garage. <laughs> Plastic runners. <laughs> so anyhow, that's where my mind's been lately is how to do this. And holy moly. Well, it's funny because Stevie said, yeah, in case there's a second, there's, there's going to be a second wave. Because all the parties that I've seen that I've been missing out on in Florida right now, you know, the pool parties oh, wow. where there's a thousand people, no face covering, 
it's absolutely astounding to me. Uh, look, we're going to have to take a break. I'm here with Stevie and uh, Matt from 417 Recovery out of Palm Desert, uh, California. Of course, you can reach them at uh, 417recoverypalmdesert.com or call 844-417-3417. Of course, there is one in Orange County, uh, and that is palmdesertrecovery.com, 855-417-2417. And Scott is usually on the call with us. He is uh, doing something. I think he's out getting some jerky um, from Kenny. Uh, So uh, we're going to take a quick break. More with 417 uh, Recovery. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. 417 Recovery is located in Palm Desert and Mission Viejo in Southern California. We are a comprehensive, clinically-based intensive outpatient program for adolescents struggling with mental health and substance use issues. One in five students between the ages of 12 and 18 have been bullied during the school year. Bullying is unwanted, aggressive behavior that involves a real or perceived power imbalance. Students have shared that bullying hurts whether in person or through technology. The end result is that bullying is in, in any form is emotionally damaging. The effects of bullying can result in depression and anxiety, decrease in academic achievement, loss of interest in activities, changes in sleep and eating power patterns, low self-esteem, and social isolation. If you think your teen is being bullied, reach out for more information on how we can help your loved ones. Welcome back. Thank you for sticking around uh, for this second segment. Uh, once again, we're here with 417 Recovery Palm Desert, uh, Stevie and uh, Matt. Uh, Matt is the clinical director over at our Palm Desert location. Once again, let me give out this information. 417 Recovery Palm Desert.com, um, 844-417-3417. Also 417 Recovery.com. And that number is 855-417-2417. All right, Matt, man, listen, I know we kind of talked off air. If y'all want to know the behind the scenes stuff, that stuff is going to be coming. We're going to release some of that stuff because some of the stuff that we talk about off the air is absolutely hilarious. So, um, Matt, um, let's kind of talk about, uh, look, we've been talking about the pandemic and and look, we're probably in 67 days or 80 days. I don't know how long it's been. It, it, every day is, is the same. Um, but the longer this goes on, the higher the teen depression. So how is it that they are supposed to deal with that? How do we deal with that? And how do you guys deal with it at 417? Well, I have been keeping uh, close tabs on this. So March 19th, the governor issued stay-at-home order. Our school district sent kids home one week prior, the Thursday before. And my daughter, who's 15, has been home now going on just a little short of, of, I think, a week shy of three months. And what I'm seeing with most of the high school kids is is they, 
especially those who are involved. Uh, whether you're involved in 417 recovery, volleyball, uh, you're involved in music, summer camp their schedules have been decimated and everything that they were looking forward to uh, from from graduation to prom to summer camp to uh, volleyball tournaments in Las Vegas and and water polo and and this and that the other the, the cheer and the baton and uh, it's all just wow, baseball season and uh, and <laughs> as my daughter puts it, stuck with these two. You know, they're stuck at home with their parents. We've never seen uh, so many thumbs come up, two thumbs in. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's hard. It's hard. And I'm seeing a lot of, um, the last couple of weeks, I've seen a lot of depression going on. And I've seen a lot of struggle, uh, a lot of suicidality a lot of thoughts of harming themselves, lots of thoughts of, of, of uh, hopelessness. And, uh, and you know, and I think, I think that needs to be talked about. I think, I think we need to address that. I think we need to be aware of that. Um, so many of our parents are, are, are struggling also with the financial aspects, uh, the fear of financial insecurity and house payments and, and making their bills that, uh, the kids are sometimes a second thought, and uh, and we have to remember uh, that a big part of this pandemic is mental health. Uh, yes, we could die of COVID, but we also could die from uh, depression and uh, anxiety and a lot of the things that come from uh, a lot of mental health problems that we're seeing arising as well. And and I think we need to really bring that into the forefront and talk about solution and help uh, that is available. I think that you, 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 I think you hit the nail directly on the head when you talk about the depression. And of course, I opened the show talking about the Great Depression. And yes, I talk about the economic, uh, economic uh, side of it. Um, that's to show you and to bring to light how big the mental uh, aspect of the depression is and you know we can talk about the financials and the economic and yes I know it's tough on on parents and you say that um, in some cases they're putting the kids second you know in those things but when you look at exactly what's going on with these kids and their schedules being changed as you said um, it is really really difficult to kind of turn uh away from exactly what you're seeing. So how do you, how do you help Matt when it comes to all of this depression? What can you do and and what can we do as a society to be able to help? Well, I think the first thing we have to do is talk about it. We have to bring it into the forefront, bring it into into view and and start being able to discuss it. Uh, and and that starts in the home. It starts with the parents. Um, not dismiss it, not pretend like it's not. Um, therapy, and people are uh, are afraid to reach out. And they don't know how to reach out. There's there's a whole list of, of places 
where you can just do like an hour session. 417, we, we, we treat you on a weekly basis and it's an intensive outpatient program. The step down from there is outpatient. So maybe you start with outpatient and move to an intensive outpatient if you need to. Um, pay attention to what the kids are doing to cope with this. A lot of kids are, I mean, we've got the whole cannabis thing happening. And, and the kids think that includes them. They don't realize you have to be 21 to smoke cannabis legally in California. They're partaking, and, and that's a whole, whole other uh, show. Yeah. Um, but being aware, um, so you have talking about it as a family with your children, um, addressing the issues with a therapist or a professional that knows if you need an outpatient program. Four One Seven is here to help with that. Um, addressing uh, the possibility that maybe we should consider. Uh, this this topic that a lot of people have a hard time with that our child may need an antidepressant uh, some help I, I'm not you know telling everybody to go out and start putting antidepressants in the water but it, it's a consideration to get over the hump uh, maybe it's a short period of time until we get through some of this that an antidepressant could help um, and if it pulls somebody from being suicidal or wanting to cut themselves up to a place where they're, they're sustaining, great. Um, the other piece is, is starting to look at family time, uh, spend some time together playing games, get, get the cards out, get the board games out, have meals together. Um, there's no reason, and we've started doing this, uh, you can't come up with an outing for the weekend. Uh, take a drive. Uh, we, we took a drive to the beach, took a drive up to Joshua Tree. The other thing I think some parents are starting to consider, and this is up to the individual to choose for themselves, but if you have two kids who have been uh, staying at home, following the rules, maybe they can get together, have masks and have social distances and have, you know, a gathering where they can help with the mental health. We've done that. Uh, my, my daughter has a friend, the whole family was tested. It was negative, they were tested again, it was negative, and we let her spend the night. Um, so it's, it's it, I don't know uh, all the answers, but those are some suggestions. The other thing I think that's really helpful is a schedule. Um, a schedule should include exercises, it should include activities, schoolwork. Um, if you play a sport, practice your sport. Maybe you chip and chip uh, golf balls in the front yard or, or toss a ball. Um, but letting them get some sunshine, let them get out, get some exercise, make them ride a bike or, or do something that is, uh, you know, getting the blood flowing. And, and if you had a four-hour schedule, instead of leaving them 24 hours to do whatever, a four-hour schedule is very helpful, and, and they, we have it's scientifically proven that a schedule is very helpful for depression. Um, those are and some suggestions. Look, you said, and now what do we have to think about is you think about you've had now, you're, like you said, your daughter's been uh, out of school or away from school now for three months, right? Now about, the yeah. school, the school uh, year is about to come to an end. And now we're talking about scheduling. Now, what do you do with your kids? And 
I'm glad you said a lot of the things that you said because I've been doing a lot of that stuff. <laughs> like, you know, drives. Tony will tell you, I take a weekly drive and, you know, I, I, I know my, my girl, she looks forward to it, you know, because we're able to get out the house. And, and yes, with all that, and now summer's about to come. Now what do you do with the uh, kids? You have to find some stuff to kind of occupy that time because, you know, you've been you, you've been homeschooling and, and doing the distance learning for three months. Uh, the parents might be kind of done with that and go, oh my God, I need a break. So you have any suggestions outside of uh, everything that you said? now for these four hours that were dedicated to school and that could be for either one of you stevie or matt i just say look we're americans we're the most creative people on the planet and we can figure stuff out and we can be creators of, of, of great progress and we can be creators of more depression um figure it out if it's an art project if, if if your kids always wanted to learn to play a guitar get them a cheap guitar um do some zoom uh searches where you do yoga or meditation if you have a teenager um look into some things that you've always wanted to encourage reading and to shut the shut the games off just uh, pull out the monopoly board game play a game with them now. you know have them involved in cooking baking um, get creative. I mean, we are we are a very creative society. Go out and play catch. In the desert, it's going to be hot, but you can do it in the mornings or in the evenings. Uh, if you have a pool, take a swim. Um, and and just just some time together. I really am of of the belief that it's quality, not quantity. And if you spent four hours helping them to structure. It gives them 20 hours to do whatever they do. Uh, help, help clean up. You know, be be part of the chore. The chores can be part of that. Uh, if you tell them to help they, clean up, then they don't want to read. They don't want to read before that. You tell them <laughs> <laughs> it's like you want me to clean up, but I gotta read. <laughs> That's right. And uh, you know, if you, if if it's an older team, uh, we decided to go ahead and. Uh, start the driver's training and so we started signing them up for that uh, there's a lot of stuff on YouTube that's very helpful um, you know so anyhow those are some of the things maybe if you're going to take on a house project give them a paintbrush let them help yeah yeah did you want to elaborate on that Stevie or no I mean I, I completely agree with Matt you know it's just a we are creative individuals and I think that one of the most important things for us right now in these times are just to think outside the box. You, We've already talked about it and, you know, um, I also want to touch on the fact that it's probably initially, you know, initially at first I don't think it's going to be maybe super comfortable and there might be some mixed feelings about that, you know, when we're used to going to school for however many hours a day, mom and dad are working and this and that, you maybe come together past each other in the hallway, now you're stuck inside the house. You've been together for, you know, months and it's like, well, what do you do? How do you bring that um, connection and that um, family bond back together? And I think, you know, 
electronic time is is great but i also feel like that should be limited and you should try and you know get in there and 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 do some other creative hands-on things yeah yeah i I think all those are, are some great um things um so a couple more questions for you, Matt, before we let you go. Um, what are some of the things we should be looking for? Because, you know, we talked about the depression and, and the anxiety um, and things like that. What could parents be looking for? And hell, what can the, the kids be looking for to see, okay, my parents are changing now too, um, that would probably kind of show us some signs that there might be some issues. Well, I think every parent's starting to see uh, changes in their in their child, um, but uh, severe withdrawal, where they're they're totally pulling out of the family completely, um, lack of motivation, lack of energy. Um, a lot of a lot of kids are are hanging out and talking all night while the parents are sleeping. Um, and then trying to sleep till noon or one in the afternoon. All right, you know, whatever with that, but pay attention, you know, uh, pay attention to their waking hours, what, how, how their mood is and what's happening. Um, all of a sudden they start wearing long sleeve shirts. Uh, that's something to watch for. Um, you know, uh, if, if you notice red eyes or start to smell, uh, you know, cannabis or alcohol uh, or changes in behavior. Um, these are some of the things to watch for, I think. Stevie, you can chime in too. I mean, yeah, 100%. And Matt, Matt's got a, a, a lot of experience with the cannabis um, and different signs and symptoms. And, you know, we're, we're in the middle of the, the vaping, you know, situation with the teenagers. So I think any odd smells or, you know, and really back to the parents and paying attention um, when they are awake and they are, um, you know, hanging out with the family, how's their mood? Um, It's really important to just, and even if they say it's no big deal, you know, check in again. I think the check-ins are really important. Um, You know, a lot of times teenagers are gonna be like, yeah, I'm fine. But it's like, are you really though? Like, and so you just kind of have to really pay attention to what's going on. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, during this pandemic, have we seen? And I, I've, I've been watching news and stuff like that, and they've been talking about um, domestic abuse has gone up because people domestic abuse and, and divorce has gone up during these pandemics. Um, you guys are uh, Matt. You doing some couples therapy? You said as well, correct? <laughs> yeah. Oddly enough, my couples work is blown up. <laughs> I'm getting a lot of calls for couples work lately. Okay, <laughs> you like Stevie? I'm gonna have to uh, take a rain check. I know what I'm saying. <laughs> Don't get too busy, Matt. We need you here. <laughs> Uh, there are 24 uh, hours in a day. Yeah, only 24 <laughs> hours in a day there, Matt, just so you know. Yes. Um, all right, so I, I know we have to close because, uh, you know, I, I, we can talk about this stuff all day, right? Um, but I'll give you a, a final thought, Matt. you have any final thoughts out there, anything that you can say to um, the viewers and listeners, whether it be the adolescents, teens, or parents, um, that might give them 
some hope coming up. This I think I think the most important thing is to stay positive. I know it's easy to, to lean towards the negative, but just keep in mind that, you know, as much positive can happen, if you have a spiritual practice, practice it. If you have uh, a family, reach out. If you if you have the ability to, to be able to be there for somebody, uh, get out of yourself and be there for somebody. I think those of us who are learning, um, you know, the, the, the new normal, are starting to see that there are ways that we can help that we possibly didn't know. Listen to your teens, listen to your, your children, watch them, pay attention, um, and then act. If, if, if help is needed, reach out, find a therapist, find come to 417, whatever you need to do, get some help. And, and sometimes that help may take the form of, of, of talk therapy, it may take the form of, of medication, it may talk, take the form of just everybody uh, reaching out to find new ways to maneuver through difficult uh, situations. And a lot of times the third party can really help uh, parts that are, you know, getting stuck and, and communication systems that aren't working. Uh, Stevie, any, any last thoughts? I mean, I just want to echo everything that Matt said, and I also want to say thanks to Matt for coming on and, and taking some time. Um, you know, there's a lot happening, and just, you know, breathe. We're going to get through it. It's all going to be okay. Change is not easy, but, you know, one day at a time, we're just going to figure this thing out. Change is not easy, but it is necessary. Just so you know, it's it's not a negative. Change is, isn't easy, but it is necessary. Um, Matt, just uh, I'm gonna echo Stevie. Um, thank you for uh, taking the time to come onto the show. Um, we appreciate your professionalism and expertise. Um, and I know you have a lot to get to. Number one, you have a, a a daughter at the house, so you have to you have double duty. You got to take care of home and then take care of people outside the home, right? I'm good there. She's not gonna be up till two. She's not up till two. <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. I have a son, and he, uh, he he's 18, and I'll send him a text or something, and he goes, where, where were you thinking? It wasn't 3 o'clock yet. I wasn't even there. <laughs> awesome. Um, awesome. Hey, thank you for taking some time out of your day to listen to my annoying voice. Please join uh, me next time. We are talking to... Pepperdine's men's head basketball coach on our next episode, um, Lorenzo Romar. Um, that'll be a very exciting show. Uh, my podcast will cover it, any and everything from adolescence, high school education, high school sports and athletes. I will continue to uh, interview educators, athletic directors, and people that are a whole lot smarter than me. So my hope is to share my passion for education, high school extracurricular activities, and higher learning. We will continue to cover topics that will further our educators, build our community around education and higher learning. Find me on social media anywhere, on Twitter at Mo underscore or, that's with two R's, or on Instagram at Mo DHS Narrative. And make sure to subscribe and comment on any podcast app. I will leave you with this. Take some time to do something nice for someone else. In turn, someone will do something nice for you. Stay motivated, pun intended. No, no, pun intended. And remember, when adversity comes, look, look it straight in the eye and say, I'm strong, I'm loved, and I will overcome you. I got to go. 
you have been watching and listening to Talk the Talk with Mo Orr for Tony, Stevie, and Matt. Of course, I'm Mo. And until next time, we will see you. We out. 417 Recovery is located in Palm Desert and Mission Viejo in Southern California. We are a comprehensive, clinically-based intensive outpatient program for adolescents struggling with mental health and substance use issues. One in five students between the ages of 12 and 18 have been bullied during the school year. Bullying is unwanted, aggressive behavior that involves a real or perceived power imbalance. Students have shared that bullying hurts whether in person or through technology. The end result is that bullying is in, in any form is emotionally damaging. The effects of bullying can result in depression and anxiety, decrease in academic achievement, loss of interest in activities, changes in sleep and eating patterns, low self-esteem, and social isolation. If you think your teen is being bullied, reach out for more information on how we can help your loved ones. Thank you.